This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. The perfect mix of music, news and interviews. Joy 94.9. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Good evening, Melbourne, and this is World News Tonight. No, only kidding. Of course, it's the locker room, and but I'm joined. What an introduction! I know. I just I felt like I was in a whole new radio broadcasting live from 220 Burke Street, Melbourne, coming to you, Smithy. Welcome. Yeah, great to be here as always. It's just so much sport happening around town at the moment. It's exciting. Well, exactly. I mean, it must have taken me an hour to make my way through the traffic jams. But anyway, I'm Mark Rowley Rowland, of course. Uh, thanks to Glenn from the Royal Daltons for bringing us home in the drive. And he saved me from uh, going on to the on-ramp onto the Monash just in time for me to make it to the show. Of course, thanks to Gary on the news desk. He won't be here till tomorrow. He had a lovely article about um, ferret racing before in Hobart. You're not allowed to touch the ferret or dress the ferrets up, I hear. So, um, They've got some strange rules down there in Tasmania. Well, I know, exactly right. Um, so what is happening tonight on the show, Smithy? Uh, we've got some boys from the Melbourne Surge who are coming in here. Now, that's Melbourne's own gay and inclusive water polo team. But we don't have a webcam. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll Radio some... doesn't really do them justice, does it, really? We'll, we'll take some photos and put them on Twitter. They're, they're, they're fully clothed. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll sort that out. Yeah, okay. Um, they've got their upcoming grudge match against their arch rival, the Stingers from Sydney, coming up. So we're well, going to have a chat with the boys about well, they're useless. That anyway. and their season. Um, That's Sydney, of course, not the not our team. I was anyway. going to say that was a bit rude. Uh, activist Jason Ball, um, he was recently invited by the AFL to speak to its new players about homophobia in the our great game. So we're going to find out about this and his other efforts to try and make uh, our really our national sport, I think, more inclusive. Brilliant. Um, I'm going to bring another editorial to the table. Mm. I'm going to ask the question that maybe we all need to stop obsessing over who's gay and who's not for the benefit of everyone. Why not? In sport. I've, I like it when somebody comes out, it's news, well, front page, Tom gonna, Daly, he's gonna, gay, he likes you, men. You're going to have to get over it. Well, oh. And plus the usual roundup and what's on this week. Um, as always, here on The Locker Room, we value your feedback. It, your your thoughts are important to us, so send us a text on 0427JOY949 or email us at onair at joy.org.au. Plus, you can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed via the Joy website. But I guess now, I, Rolly, I should let you do your roundup. Look, don't worry about watching any more of the Australian Open. I'm about to announce the winners. It's Lee Nair and Joe Wilfred Songer are this year's Australian Open champions. Considering Songer has already been knocked out by the out of this year's tournament by Roger Federer, it's quite a remarkable achievement, Smithy. Tell me more. I don't understand. Well, according to Rolex, uh, Rolex's ads, uh, and bizarrely on their website still this morning, they're congratulating Songer and Lee, uh, putting up their scores. And the weird thing is for Wilfred Songer, they've put up a a picture of uh, Tiger Woods holding a golfing trophy. So 
What a cracking... Awkward. This is what happens when you outsource your website content to Afghanistan. They just sort of copy and paste images off Google. It's especially a bad look to be inaccurate when you're marketing watches. Like, they're sort of known... With their accuracy. <laughs> well, according to Rolex, it congratulates Joe, uh, Joe Wilfred Songer on his winning his first Australian Open and first Grand Slam title. Songer reached the Australian Open final in 2008, a feat that continues to be the closest he's come to winning a major championship. So, And they've even got one there for Lee, Lee Nah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they've gone to the effort of, you They've know, prepared a bunch of content for players who were probably never likely to win it in any event. Like, you could be forgiven if they were like, you know, congratulations on Rafael Nadal and winning another one. Like, you know, you probably would want to have that ready. Mm. But oh. Joe Wilfred Songer, you know, he's, hasn't really troubled the, the finals. No. For a while. So, uh, it's very presumptuous. Yeah. So anyway, roll it. Well, mate, yeah. But, you know, in today, in today's language, you know, you put it up. It's a bit of advertising. People talk about it. What do they call it? That's, well, anyway, I'll move on. Bit of a bait and switch. Uh, so Channel 7 has been served up twice this week. Uh, firstly, for their decision to film American Sloan Stevens' reaction to Serena Williams' shock loss. Um and, of course, has been forced to defend the speculation that she was rejoicing at William's anguish. Channel 7 has said has come back, however. So there's this clip of Sloane Stevens laughing and big smile as, as Williams went down. Channel 7, however, has come out and said the vision of Stevens, who had a big smile on her face, was the Americans' impression of Ivanovic's support crew. But, of course, that did little to, to fan the flame. So, of course, she was playing... Uh, oh, I haven't got it. And... Uh, an Ivanovic. I've got pronouncing the names right, of course. Uh, and yeah, it's a little help, but uh, and of course, the two Americans haven't seen eye to eye since Stevens knocked Williams out of the Australian Open in the quarterfinals last year. Uh, after that, Williams stopped following Stevens on Twitter. Yeah. So that's supposed to be the big insult at the moment, isn't it? So there's rumours abound that Channel 7's about to axe today, tonight. So maybe all the Today Tonight people have been put on the tennis coverage and they're doing that thing where like, they film your reaction to something completely different and then cut it into what their interviewer was saying to fool you. Oh, yeah. Good, oh, goodbye Today Tonight. Uh, psychologists, the other thing they've been served up for this week, psychologist Dr Christopher Morgan was so outraged by Seven's commentary tre- team, Jim Courier and Leighton Hewitt, commenting about Nadal's habitual on-court behaviours that he's been for... Well, he says he's been forced to lodge a formal complaint. He says it's fe- he's fearful of the distress it could cause sufferers of the disabling mental illness OCD. So um, basically, there's a you know thing saying that D- Rafael Nadal's got OCD. He does all these funny things on court, uh, and they're saying that you know he's what, what kind of funny things does he do? Well, where have we got here? So um, Dr. Morgan, uh, oh, Dr. Falcuri and Hewitt were over the top discussing Nadal's on-court antics, which include lining up water bottles, one cold, one hot, with the labels facing the end he is about to play from, constantly picking the undies out of his bum, refusing to step on lines between points, only crossing lines with his right foot first, walking in squares randomly at odd times, running his thumb and finger down his nose before each point, and also pushing the hair behind his ear so for anyone who's a really hardcore AFL fan, they'd know that those little superstitions, I mean, that can make the difference in winning and losing. I don't think that's OCD at all. That's just, oh, really? That's just normal sports superstition, I reckon. Well, no, he's coming out saying this is OCD and we've got to cut it out and cut him some slack. Because... Be, be respectful. Yeah. but right. well, we should, we should go with the experts, don't you think? Well, hmm. yeah. Leighton Hewitt or the experts? I'm not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm back in the expert overlay. <laughs> Look, you know, unless it's a you know about serving technique, I'm... 
backing backing the expert over Leighton Hewitt. Uh, and of course, Novak Djokovic last night uh, lost to Stanislaw Wawrinka. Yeah. Uh, the of course the Swiss. And so the last time he ever won anything was when he did, when he teamed up with Roger Federer in the doubles at the Olympics. So that was a great game last night and watched it. And um, you know, I must admit, I was slightly happy to see Djokovic go down. Is that wrong? Oh, that, I was doing a Sloane Stevens last night. That just means, Roll, you've become an Australian and you're backing the underdog. Yeah. That's well, fine. Oh, that's so right. You're one of us now. Congratulations. Oh, there you go. Uh, correct. Smithy, here's one for you. If you correctly predict the outcome of every game in the NCAA men's basketball tournament in America, sorry, I didn't get the NCAA for you, there's now a $1 billion prize waiting for anybody able to pull off this feat. This is March Madness. Yeah, it's crazy. So Detroit-based lender has teamed up with um, Warwick Buffett. They're going to offer you, if you get it, they'll give you 40 annual installments of $25 million. Uh, the winner can also elect to either receive immediately the $500 million, or they can take the 25 and get the billion over time. Uh, ESPN has run the tournament challenge for the past 16 years. It has included President Barack Obama, and they've never had a perfect bracket in over 30 million entries, according to the network. So there you are. College basketball is huge in the United States. March Madness. Oh, is that what it is? NCAA. Yeah, it's college basketball. National College Association of. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Of course. So there you go. Uh, The world's best athletes. the world's best athletes are in for a weird surprise when they head to the Winter Olympics in Sochi next month. A photo of men's toilet cubicles in the Olympic complexes. Um, a number of them now feature twin toilets sitting side by side. So one cubicle, two toilets, two rolls of toilet paper. It's caused quite the buzz on social media in Russia. Russia's opposition leader has come out questioning how the budget for the most expensive Olympic Games in history at $50 billion. Of course, the London Olympics came in at $9 billion. Um, the issue of the t- twin toilets was first picked up uh, at the Laura Ski and Biathlon Centre by British media. Uh, and the ironic thing was, uh, so the British media have got right onto this, asking the spokesman, um, do the twin toilets link with the biathlon? And uh, the spokesman had to run away and find out. But, however, he came back to confirm it was a combination of cross-country skiing and shooting. Uh, so they don't require the t- twin toilets. How weird is that? I wonder what that's about. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe they've been to the Peel or something and they thought that, you know, more than one person goes into a toilet routinely. Oh, there you go. Go and watch each other. Uh, And then the other thing is uh, Big Bash has been very successful for Channel 10 this year. So their $100 million investment, people are actually watching the cricket. Yeah, how about that? Like, cricket's having a bit of a renaissance this summer. I think people are getting excited about it again. Maybe it's just because Australia's winning again. I think it's the green and yellow KFC buckets. I just think they've they've toned down the intelligence. They were trying to make out it was an intelligent sport and it was too highbrow. They've got people walking around with buckets of chicken on their head and I feel like that's just... You know, I've always I feel wondered. like I could, uh, you know... Tell me, do, do you go to KFC and do they give you a clean bucket or do you use the one that's got all the grease from all the fried Oh, no, that's where they give you a refreshing towel. Okay. Uh, we're going to be here all night, so you keep listening. You're in the locker room on Joy at 94.9. The world's most uplifting radio station. Joy 94.9. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. You're in the locker room tonight with Rowley and Smithy. When it comes to sporting rivalries, you have the Aussies and Poms in the cricket, Queensland and New South Wales in the rugby league, Federer and Nadal, and yet another hot rivalry is hotting up, the Melbourne Surge and the Sydney Stingers. Melbourne's gay water polo team have their grudge match this weekend against the Stingers right here in Melbourne. And here to tell us more are Sebastian and Julian Sorry, from the Surge. So guys, this match is a pretty big deal to you. 
Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, we have the, the joy of playing Sydney normally twice a year and uh, we go up to them once, they come down here once and it's always a hard physical tussle in the water. Where's Brisbane and all this and, and Adelaide? Or what, what, what are we sort of, you know, just... To Sydney and Melbourne, the the, uh, the epicentres of uh, water polo. Yeah, it's interesting. Brisbane, I think, is very strong in water polo outside of the the gay uh, competition. I suppose mm. um, we've heard rumours that there's a a bit of a mixed team kind of occurring up there, but uh, we're yet to sort of see them uh, and field a team in against us. There's nothing better than beating a straight team, I must say, Smithy. <laughs> I haven't had that experience yet. <laughs> I wonder what it feels like. Uh, boys, uh, we believe this is the, a repeat of the World Out Games final from last year. How's the rivalry panning out? Like, are, are we ahead or are we behind? How are we going? Well, it really depends. Um, usually when they come down here, we tend to win, which is a really good thing. <laughs> but when we go uh, up to Sydney, we tend to lose. So it's kind of a, yeah, half-half. Uh, so what do um, you think? They, they're putting something in the water or you're just not used to probably, Sydney water? Probably, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are the pools different in some way? Nah, the triangles are. I, I guess it's just the, the players going or not going. Like, mm. it's easier. We have more players when we play here. They have more players when they play there. Like, mm. it's all... So Antwerp yeah. must have been pretty amazing then. So the, the, yeah. yeah, because uh, Antwerp, all the players went, so there was a little bit more intense than when we play here mm. uh, in, in Australia I mean um, but yeah the, we we won that one so we, mm. we're happy <laughs> and so you're, you're hotting up for Cleveland or you guys not going over there because of course uh, Cleveland have got their so I always get confused Smithy so we've got the <laughs> our games at Antwerp and we've got the gay games yeah gay games in Queen, typical in and they don't talk to each other it's sort of yeah. no I don't know what happens oh, it's yeah, awkward politics. it's very awkward and you just made it more awkward I think. I, and you're not supposed <laughs> to talk about it so are, are we representing in Cleveland this year uh, it's still in discussion I think but Jeez, you uh, better hurry up when is it it's, uh, it's <laughs> August isn't it yeah yeah um, for the moment nothing's blind on our side we're not too sure what Sin is doing yeah but yeah not not at the moment, we no. don't need to worry about Sydney. You go over there and represent the world. So, um, Sebastian, I'm assuming you're uh, French, is that yes, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, so, of course, uh, you came to Australia knowing lots of people or not knowing many people? Uh, I had a couple of friends from the water polo team, actually. And oh. I was actually not playing water polo before I came here. Mm-hmm. came here about three years ago and yep. started playing water polo here. So I've, I've swam for 20 years before that. Well, but still, water polo was fairly new to me. So, so what motivates someone? Like, what is it that strikes them about water polo that thinks I really just got to give that a go? Oh, so many things, so many different things. That can be uh, the fitness. That can be the social thing that you can't really have in other individual sports. I can be well. We do a lot of social actually. <laughs> um, so that's quite a key thing, the social side. So I mean, you come into Australia. Yeah, and you had you know absolutely, absolutely, and you've increased your social base probably fourfold at least yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely no that, that's really great great social thing to do and uh yeah really enjoy well if you don't like the water maybe water polo is not the best thing ever mm. but you yeah, have to like so. swimming on some level yeah. i imagine <laughs> somebody said that i look like i'm simulating drowning they said, that too one day. I said no i was swimming i was swimming but anyway so they said they felt they were gonna dive in and save me but um no yeah. I've, i watched a game of water polo a while ago um, between the, the surge and the stingers this is a while ago now mm. it looked like a pretty intense it is sport. it is really intense it is really intense uh there's not supposed to, but there's kind of a bit of fighting in the water. So, oh. But like, uh, some people I've might be interested in that. It's a contact sport, so <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh. you're not wearing much, so you know you've got to grab and hold on to whatever you can. And you're wet. 
and you're wet too, which makes you very slippery. <laughs> So I'm just wondering, so what, what is the commitment? You know, can I, I suppose, you know, come down a couple of days a week, have a poor diet, not look after myself and, and still play? Or are you guys, what, training four times a week, 6 a.m. till, you know, 9 in the morning, this kind of stuff? We're about well, to be on the spectrum. Good. That'd be great in theory. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's not what we do. We, tend, we train uh, once a week on Sundays. Mm. And uh, when we have the competition going on, we have one game per week. Yeah. And for those who won, we have a swimming training once a week. So that's not the, bad, is it? So what, one, Sunday morning, and then that sort of uh, stops you from... Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, oh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. <laughs> a bit of time. I, I was going to say, I was, well, maybe you should keep you off the turps the night before, but that's all no, right. No, no, you can no, still no. have a high hangover on a that's Sunday. What, and, uh, oh, they, they still manage to play with a hangover. Oh, yeah. oh they do. It's a perfect cure for a hangover, actually. I can imagine. So who are you guys... How many ghoulies grabbed out underwater? up. Who are you guys playing then? I mean, are you sort of playing each domestically? other? Yeah. Um, so we play in the um, Metropolitan League domestically. So we play against other um, teams around Melbourne. So um, it's um, it's at MSAC and we basically play off. There's, I think there's five or six other clubs around Melbourne and we have a regular competition. So pretty much all other straight teams were the only gay team in the comp but um, we tend to to uh, hold our own in the water as well yeah, so it doesn't so mean there's no gay players in the other team but just, just right, yeah. they, don't, they don't say it just yet you, you, you find them out on a phone based application before <laughs> game, maybe, I, I don't know what is the reaction like I mean you're the only gays in the village but what is the reaction from the straight teams like oh, we're a bit us tough, uh, tough at the other teams so that doesn't really make any difference and yeah, I don't think that's an issue for anyone at the moment, but, yeah. So, uh, being midsummer, um, it's kind of interesting how midsummer's, you know, promoting a lot of sports now, which is brilliant. They sort of go hand in hand. Um, you guys must be getting involved. I've seen you out there on the Carnival Day. Is there anything else involved in the midsummer program for you? Yeah, absolutely. We've got the um, the Come and Try Sports Day, which is coming up as part of the, the Queer Sports Alliance. Yeah, um, so whereabouts is that? Um, and I think that's held over at um, Footscray Victoria University this year. So oh, yeah. um, it was a good venue last year really great swimming pool for us and we got in and had a really good go and we had a really good um, turn up so we're hoping that we'll have the same again this year and that's just for people who just want to show up give it a crack absolutely yeah Yeah. it's it's just really about coming along seeing how it kind of goes finding out a few of the basics jumping in the water and having a bit of a go Mm -hmm. and uh, seeing whether that's for you so And, and if that grabs you what's your sort of path to becoming a fully fledged water polo player after that um, so we're running a um, come and try program or a, what we call the, the Melbourne Surge Rookies program and that's kind of an eight-week um, commitment, I guess, for individuals. You can come along for the first session for free um, and really it's a case of come along, try it regularly for a few weeks. There's a modest charge to cover the pool fees and the coaching um, and at the end of that, hopefully you'll know how to, to play water polo and be all excited about it. Fantastic. And you'll be up at um, Mardi Gras Carnival this year. I always sort of look out for you guys there. Yeah. Uh, well, why would that be, Rolly? Well, <laughs> they're a lot better dressed than the rugby players, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. That's so, true. It's not hard, though. No. Um, yeah, so Sydney, obviously, Sydney Stingers march a team um, along the parade route, and mm. uh, generally Melbourne joins in with that. 
Uh, we're normally under their banner, not our own. Um, yeah. But um, it's always a good time. So, yeah, I expect uh, quite a few of the lads will be up there again this year and mm. joining in. And who knows what choreography we'll be leaping around to this year. Yeah, well, what a great, you know, what a great occasion. So if you are looking at playing some sport, you know, you can first of all come down and try it out. And if you like it, well, then there's all these other avenues. You know, you guys got the social events. You, you train on the Sunday afternoon, which is good to hear. Uh, there's the swimming as well. And, um, of course, you know, the other international places you go other than Sydney. So sounds like a, a great week club. How many people have you got in the club? There's about, uh, I think, 45 active members wow. in the club at the moment. So Huge. it's a decent size. And, and really, we encourage everyone, so people that really want to get competitive, through mm. for those people that just want to turn up to social mm. events and jump in the water occasionally for us. It's really about catering for, for everyone. That wants and, to of course, supporters who just want to sit on the sideline and, and cheer on. Yeah. There's yeah. just one thing this year that we've had. You know, we've had a, a few girls who were interested in signing up as well. Yeah. So we're trying, we've tried for a long time to get some girls... Um, joining the team mm. and this year looks like there's quite a few that are interesting oh, so brilliant. that'd be great to have even oh, awesome. more girls so that we can have a proper feminine team awesome news so of course if you're uh, female and uh, want to get involved in the water polo you can also uh, get in touch with them and, and hopefully we can get a team out there going as well um, thanks guys for joining us tonight in the locker room uh, you're on joy 94.9 Salut, c'est Manu et vous êtes en train d'écouter Joy 94.9. GLBTI Sporting News that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. And you're on The Locker Room on Joy 94.9. Let's talk about AFL because it's January and it's Melbourne and why wouldn't we want to talk about AFL, of course. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's, the, it's peak season. Sport, it's peak season for <laughs> AFL. Um, we're going to be joined on the line by Jason Ball. Jason will be known to many of our listeners as a fellow who's been lobbying the AFL for quite some time now to take the issue of homophobia in the Australian Football League and across the country seriously. Um, Jason is now appearing in a documentary which will be used to educate AFL players about homophobic vilification within the sport. Welcome, Jason, to the locker room. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure. Can you tell us a bit more about this documentary? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, the documentary was uh, one of four documentaries produced by the AFL as part of their discrimination and vilification training. So alongside myself, they also produced a documentary featuring Simon Hogan, who's the Geelong player that suffered from depression. And they also featured one with a female footballer to talk about gender and uh, sexism. And they also featured an Indigenous footballer. So it's sort of part of the broad spectrum of their of their policies. But what's new about it is that sexual orientation has been added to the list of discrimination and vilification. So this is the first time that homophobia specifically has been spoken about um, in this context. And my documentary uh, forms part of the learning as a way to, I guess, provide a, a personal story and, and, some, and some context in, 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 a, in football language, I suppose, to, uh, to complement the learning. Jason, uh, beyond the do- documentary, what else is involved in this, I suppose, this education that, that the AFL is doing? Sure. Well, the, a- uh, the AFL have uh, consulted with No to Homophobia and also the Victorian Equal Opportunities and Human Rights Commission for a number of years now to, to, to produce this education. So, um, you know, alongside my documentary, that it's also, you know, they, they'll lead discussion about it. And um, what I think is great is that they're isolating one to three year players as part of the learning, which is, you know, you might think, why are they doing that? And it, it actually makes a bit of sense when you think about some of the the more senior players holding sort of entrenched views. And when you get the younger players 
um, sort of isolated and, and on their own, you can actually really reach them, um, whereas it's a lot harder to reach those older players, especially if they're, if they're on their own. Uh, now you're talking standard gay recruitment <laughs> ideas, you know, get them while they're young. Um, <laughs> is, 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 while they impressionable, yeah. That's right, exactly, you know, what we're accused of doing. Uh, it, is that still a big step for the AFL? Because we don't always get the most positive noises coming out of the league about these sorts of issues. Well, I mean, I think we've had a lot of positive noises from the league coming out. We just haven't seen a lot, I guess, um, in, in a way of actual action. So that's why I think this is really, really key. Um, and the good thing as well is that I've also been involved in part of the training for uh, football at a grassroots level. So um, I was invited to address all of the um, presidents of different football leagues from around country Australia. Um, all of the regional football leagues and, and share my story as part of their learning on, on this journey. And they actually, it's not administered by the AFL. Each of these leagues have their own uh, training that they that they put together, but they're provided with resources by the AFL in order to do it. And so they were provided with my story as part of that. Jason, do you still think there's a, a level of ignorance when it comes to dealing with homophobia in the AFL or even just in sport in general? Do you think, you know, the AFL, are, this is really them saying, no, we're, we're dealing with the issue now? Well, look, there is definitely a level of ignorance and it's not necessarily just ignorance but just lack of awareness, I think. Um, you know, and unless you've actually sat down and thought about these issues, you, you actually wouldn't really have much of an idea of why using homophobic language is a bad thing. Um, and I think part of my approach has really been not to attack people, um, not to just outright call them bigots or homophobes, um, because then you get people often become very defensive. But if you can show some understanding and, and sort of take them on the journey with you, um, I think that's a much better approach to get them on board. And on that sort of subject of going on the journey, it's probably been quite the journey for you as well, I imagine. You know, this has been, you've been on this sort of campaign for some time. Did you sort of come into this thinking you would become a kind of standard bearer for promoting inclusiveness in the AFL? No, absolutely. I didn't expect it. Um, when the opportunity came up, and I mean, you know, it wasn't even really my idea. Like the, the change.org and some people behind the scenes were looking to lobby the AFL and they, they were looking for someone who had a personal story and someone who played football to sort of face the campaign. And the opportunity came up for me and I just, I guess, ran with it. But I really wasn't expecting um, um, what 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 has eventuated over the past few years to happen. I didn't expect to become, I guess, I don't know, a, a symbol for tackling homophobia in sport or coming out in sport. But I guess I'm the kind of person that would, would make the most of any opportunity. And so when this opportunity came up for me, I really did want to make the most of it. And, um, you know, I think the, the success sort of speaks for itself. Jason, last year my co-host Smithy proclaimed 2013 as the year of the athlete coming out. Do you think 2014 is going to be where we see someone come out in the AFL? Look, possibly. It's not really, I don't think, my my um, my job to, to speculate on that. I think I see my role as really... Oh, come on. Like, kind of. I mean, to be honest, I haven't heard any, any rumblings or anything like that behind the scenes. You know, I haven't had any AFL players get in contact with me to say that they're thinking about coming out. Like, you know, I thought maybe that might happen. But mm. to be honest, it hasn't happened. So that's exactly um, what Robbie Rogers said. Believe it or not, he, Robbie Rogers, uh, last week in the UK press was expecting uh, people to get in contact with him from you know, of course, the Premiership and Championship, and he said nobody did. So there you go, Jason. Yeah. Have you had any contact from players more at a grassroots level who are gay and playing, or maybe closeted, or you know, are out to their teammates as well in the same way you are? 
That is something that I have had a lot of. Um, I've been almost overwhelmed with the amount of um, people who have written to me or sent me a tweet or a Facebook message to, to say that they've seen the story in the news and it gave them the courage to come out to their own football team or to even come out to their family or, or something like that. Um, but even hearing from stories from people who used to play football once upon a time and stopped playing because they couldn't handle the level of homophobia they experienced in that environment, um, you know, that was quite heartbreaking as well. And I think it shows that you know, there are a lot of people out there who, who are gay playing sport and it's good to see them speaking up. But I think the real difference is at a pro level, um, you know, they've got all of the added uh, pressure of media attention and sponsorship deals. And I think when it's your livelihood, when it's your career, um, you don't want to do anything that there's like that might risk that. And even though, you know, my story has been positive and there's been a lot of, you know, positive outcomes on it, no one has done that at a, at a pro level in the AFL yet. And I think that's probably scary for a lot of those players. No one wants to be first. No one wants to take that risk because until it happens, all you're going to fear is the worst. Jason, thanks so much again for joining us in the locker room. It's always, every time we talk to you, you've always got some great initiative going on. I bet you next, next time we talk to you, you'll have organised the Pride Round. Uh, we'll have Hawthorne versus, I don't know, Sydney. You'll already have the fireworks there and all ready well, to the go. The 50 metre arc will be painted well, in rainbow colours. You're just the kind of person that every time I see you, you're doing something amazing. So um, can't wait to talk to you next time and find out what you're up to. But it's an awesome initiative and we're ready. Of course, the community is very proud of what you're doing. Um, you're in the locker room on Joy. 94.9 GLBTI sporting news that matters to you that matters to you the locker room crossing live to Olympic Boulevard here in Melbourne uh, Federer is up 2-1 so Andy Murray what do you think who, who would you go for you a Murray man or a Federer man uh, look, I've, I've always been a big fan of Roger Federer, but I'd, there's an emotional appeal to Andy Murray at the moment, I think. Why? We've lost three finals. It's time for him to win one. Murray. Yeah. I've got a, a couple of good Scottish friends who are very proud of him. Of Murray? Yeah. Hmm. And, and they firmly believe he's Scottish rather than... Yeah, I just noticed they've got the Union Jack next to his face. Yeah, so controversial. One of our our uh, producer in studio, he's yelling out with his hands up in the air, but he is English. It's funny how they claim him as British and then if he's a loser, they say, oh no, he's Scottish. He's well, Scottish. There's actually a political tug of war going on about Andy Murray at the moment between the pro and anti-independence camp because there's a referendum in Scotland yeah. next year about refer- independence and they're both claiming that Andy Murray is one of theirs. And oh. he's not saying he's not saying who, what, which way he's going to vote, which is you know it's a secret ballot. And it's fair enough, really. But a bit of a poster child for yeah. the uh, Scottish independence. Well, quite possibly it'd be a big coup if they could get him on board. Ooh, there you go. They, they need all the help they can get. That to, was I think. the problem with the Australian uh, Republic debate. We didn't have an Andy Murray on the on the Republic. Ted Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah, and Eddie Maguire. Yeah, it or, just didn't have it, did it? We needed to. Say, we, next time we need to get a sports star. Yeah, Mitchell Johnson with his handlebar mo saying, "Yeah, make me president." Stuff you, Queen. <laughs> Something like that. All right, Smithy, hit me with your best shot. Well, I don't know if it's so controversial, this editorial today, but I, I want to say I think it's time we called a truce on speculating which athletes are gay and which athletes aren't. Hmm. I think they're, they're coming out of the closet now when they feel comfortable in doing so. And, you know, we talked about last year being the year of the coming out, and this year it seems that don't you momentum think the gays, is considering. Uh, don't you think the gays are the worst at this, though? Don't well, you think the gays are actually worse than every... Like, don't you, if you ever read the comments at the bottom, not that I read the Herald Sun, but if you go to the comments, sometimes people are like, I don't care. And is it sometimes more our community that are the ones that care more? Well, I think we, we're, we're entitled maybe to find it interesting when someone does come out, but I think we need to stop the speculation. It probably doesn't just come from our community, but I would say 
the speculation about it all is is quite unhelpful. But look, it's happening anyway. So we've had um, retired Premier League footballer Thomas Hitzelsberger. Hitzelsberger, how do you say that, Rolly? Hitzelsberger, well, look, he's only, yeah, Hitzelsperger. Yeah, that, that's it, I think, Hitzelsperger. Look, he's only, he's 31, so he's not old. Yeah. I, I wonder whether he'll come back. And we had Brazilian diver Ian Matos, who said he was inspired by Tom Daly. Oh, you're really crap at pronouncing foreign names too. Oh, that's Must not true like at all. Must be like an Antipodean thing. Oh, I'm so offended. Well, we need to get back um, to school. He, so who's he said he? he didn't want to hide boyfriends uh, and avoid gay parties. He wanted to be himself, so he decided to come out. Mm. So uh, we see it's happening. Um, we're seeing the I You Can Play them. campaign. We're seeing the Principal Six campaign. Um, the, com- the commissioner from the National Hockey League came out and said that his, le- you know, his league is ready for a player to come out and thinks it would be welcomed in his sport. So we're seeing this momentum, we're seeing this change. Hmm. But uh, underneath all of that, we're sort of seeing these, these undercurrents of endless speculation of who isn't, isn't gay. And I, I think it's, it's a principle we need to stand up against. And you know, I play rugby with the Melbourne Chargers, as do you, and one of the hmm. Chargers express um, values that it signs up to is of being inclusive and welcoming and to say that you welcome everyone regardless of their sexuality. Mm. And I took all the charges five values and I stuck them on my wall at my office at work. Oh. And it's amazing how many people came up to me and said, oh, I thought the charges was just for, for gay people. And I said, no, no, we don't subject people to a test. Like you don't have people showing up and say, well, are you gay or not? And mm. if you're not out the door, mm. we don't. And not only do we say, are you gay or straight? We don't ask them that question. We just don't go down that path. People turn up and say, we want to play. And that's just it. Like, the point of being inclusive and welcoming as a community is actually saying people will come out and reveal their sexuality to you when they feel comfortable doing so, or perhaps never. And it's actually none of your goddamn business. And we should stop this speculation about who is and isn't gay. It's, 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 just, it's counterproductive to our movement as a community to make sports inclusive and welcoming. Usually I like to argue against you, but I just can't... You can't come up with an argument. I'm trying to pick a hole in your argument. I'm trying to pitch you as Tony Abbott and I'm Bill Shorten, but I just can't find it, Tony. Yeah, maybe maybe this is not controversial enough, but let's talk about um, NFL player Aaron Rodgers, because he was subject to quite persistent rumours that he, in fact, was gay. Um, and um, and maybe in talking about this, I'm, I'm perpetuating it, but look, let's, let's go with it anyway. And he came out eventually and said he was really, really not gay, basically, is, is the way he was he was actually able to deal with it. He says, I, he basically said... So he came out or he didn't come out? Well, he didn't come out. He said, oh. he said I really, really like women. Oh, so he, a came, lot. so he came out. He came out as really, really liking women. Yeah, but that's that's how he felt he had to deal with it. And it was like, it was like going back twenty years to an episode of Seinfeld, hmm. and having hearing people say not that there's anything wrong. And he didn't even say that. Like he didn't even go down that path hmm. of saying, you know, I've got gay friends or whatever. He just said, I really, really like chicks. Which is fine. He didn't well, do a Jason. Fine. Didn't do a Jason Donovan. But, but think about of... what that rumor and speculation has done to the poor bloke. Like, he, look. If he's actually straight, then what we've forced him to do is go down this very awkward, very embarrassing path of sort of confirming his true sexuality to us by like over-enthusiastically promoting his love for women. Mm. If he's actually gay, then what's happened is he's been forced into saying a lie publicly. Mm. He, he feels that he has to respond, but he doesn't feel that he can respond by saying, oh, I'm, I'm gay. But then he could be anywhere in between. That's right. And the problem is is that he may side with women, but then, of course, he may still have, you know, other feelings. He may not, and then he sort not of, attach a label to himself, like so Tom he, Daly, who actually just said, I'm seeing a bloke, and mm. I still fancy girls. And yet still half of the media of that was, Tom Daly says he's gay, which he actually didn't say. Mm. 
Isn't it funny, yeah, the people that didn't attack him for, you know, taking so long to come out then started attacking him going, oh, he's bisexual or he's just confused or he doesn't know where he's going. So it was like, it didn't matter. Everybody was just, people were just going to demonise him anyway. But of course you're right. You know, maybe he'll, maybe he's not gay. Maybe he just, he is just going out with a dude. Yeah, and, and staying on the American football theme, we had Marty Teo who, it was quite a bizarre story, and I won't bore you with all the details, but... This is the one with the text messaging. This is the one with the fake dead girlfriend. The fake dead girl. He, a, oh, he invented it. He invented sort of a, a fake girlfriend who then died, and you know, he had a kind of episode with, with a mental illness. It was a completely bizarre story. Um, but he was interviewed by Katie Couric, and he was asked that maybe one of the... He was, it was put to him that maybe one of the reasons why he invented a fake dead girlfriend as an NFL player is that his true sexual orientation was towards men. And he was asked about that, and he said, no, no, I'm not gay. Far from it. Far from it. That's how he had to put it. He had to, like, distance himself with an elongated vowel oh. so that people weren't going to think he was gay. Well, there you go. So, what, what, so I don't know why what Katie was Couric the fake thought, girlfriend for? Well, that's still open for question, but why does a journalist mm. feel a need to put a question like that? Well, that was like the whole Oprah athlete. thing, which was terrible, wasn't it? Remember they asked her... Her friend Gail. Mm, anyway. Terrible. So I think it's time to stop. And I think we all we all owe responsibility to all athletes, gay and straight, to applaud them and celebrate them when they do come out or come out in favour of just inclusivity in sport if they're straight. Send them uh, a tweet. Send them a tweet. Be positive, encouraging, but stop the speculation. doesn't do anything for anyone. And yep. that's my editorial. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9. This is Nick's Kiss. And you've tuned in to Joy 94.9. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Three minutes to eight. We've had a uh, very interesting show tonight. So, of course, thanks to Sebastian and Julian from The Surge and our great mate Jason Ball. But, Smithy, just to wrap up, what are, the, what are a couple of things people can go and see this weekend in terms of sport? Um, a bit of T20 hit and giggle and that uh, big hit. bash competition that's sponsored by no a, one. a fast food company. Yes. Um, Melbourne Stars. Uh, they'll be playing the Perth Scorchers at the MCG on Monday the 27th of Jan. Mm. Even though it's not on this weekend, I thought I'd just say I did register for the Neon Run round Albert Park, five kilometre run in February. So if you're thinking about having a bit of fun, yeah, I think it's... Uh, Why is it called the Neon Run? Oh, well, because you wear all your neons. It's white. It's at night. So they have three DJs around Albert Park. You run. You can run or jog, 5Ks. Um Great night out. You know, you can either walk it, jog it, or run it. Um, you're just looking at me strangely. I just no, it's really good. I don't know what running and jogging was. Ah. Well, from my own personal perspective, anyway. Oh, like 80, 80%, 50%. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. So, other than hit and giggle, what else have we got? Uh, well, there's a final of the Australian Open on in men's oh. and women's. Yeah. Okay. Just that. You might want to watch that. Well, it might be interesting this year because I get bored of like. Djokovic in there all the time. They might have someone. We might else. have someone different there. Might be Andy Murray. Well, I'm I'm ho- I'm hoping for Andy Murray. Mm. And uh, and what else have we got on Victory? They'll be playing. Oh, it's Australia Day weekend, isn't it? There must be something else on. Yeah, Victory are playing Sydney FC on Sunday at Etihad Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Victory got absolutely flogged last week, so they're going to have to turn it around. Yeah. But the Melbourne Heart had a win. Wow. So there you go. Anything is possible. Uh, And I know if you feel like swimming and swimming for miles around in uh, Port Phillip Bay, the Great Australian Day Swim has been held there down in Brighton, if you want to go and have a look. Ocean swimming. 
Sounds horrible. If anyone out there who does ocean swimming, uh, let us know and uh, we'll find out what on earth would motivate you to do that. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, just ask Ted Bailey and we know what happened to him. Right. Thank you so much for joining us this week in the locker room. Smithy, I'll see you next week. And this has been us tonight on Joy 94.9. See you later. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.